citizens in good standing. We are traveling with a team. We've traveled through Asia Minor, now modern-day Turkey, and now we've jumped over into Europe. That team is Paul and Silas and Timothy. And we've wandered from Antioch, which is in Syria, and we've come across Turkey. And as the team was trying to figure out, well, where do we go next? Uh, the Holy Spirit gave to Paul a vision. And in the vision, there was a man from Macedonia, which is Europe, saying, come over and help us. And that set the direction for them to keep moving and uh, to move over to Europe and bring the good news of the kingdom to Europe. Well, when they get to Philippi, which is in Macedonia, there's not a man at first that they're helping. They actually help two women. One is Lydia, and the other is a slave girl. Part, I think part of the lesson of that is, you know, as God communicates to us, whether it's in the Bible, whether it's a dream, whether it's a vision, it may not be like exactly uh, what we think it might be. I think there were some surprises uh, for Paul and Silas and Timothy. And as they're helping uh, these ladies, which then will help the men and the good news is coming, they get in trouble. And they get in trouble because the, the law of the kingdom of God bumps into the law of the Roman Empire. And so... They're now beaten, scourged, bloody, uh, put in prison. And in prison, at midnight, they start praying and singing hymns, praise to God. Oh, my goodness. And they get that great thing that you get when you're playing Monopoly. They get out of the jail free card. And it comes in the form of an earthquake that opens up all the jail doors. And then they spend the rest of the night in celebration with the Philippian jailer and his family who comes to them in the midst of that earthquake, jail doors opening. His question is, gentlemen, will you please tell me how I can get out of this mess? His mess was, if he loses a prisoner, it's over for him. He's responsible for every prisoner in that jail. How do I get out of this mess? Because now that, and Paul tells them, well, the way you get out is you believe in the Lord Jesus and he'll rescue you. And not only will he do that for you, but if, you're, if your household believe in the, everybody, that's how everybody gets out of their mess is by faith, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's kind of where we are in Acts 16 in traveling, but we're not done yet in Philippi. So this morning... We finish this way, Acts 16, 35 to 40. At daybreak, after that night of celebration and baptisms, the court judges sent officials with these instructions. Release these men. The jailer gave Paul the message. The judges sent word that you're free to go on your way. Congratulations. Go in peace. You just had to be beaten and spend a night in jail. Now you can go. But Paul wouldn't budge. He told the officers, they beat us up in, in public. They threw us in jail. We're Roman citizens in good standing. And now they want to get, get us out of the way on the sly without anyone knowing, nothing doing. If they want us out of here, let them come themselves and lead us out in broad daylight. When the officers reported this, the judges panicked. 
They had no idea that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. They hurried off and they apologized, personally escorted them from the jail, and then asked them if they would please leave the city. Walking out of the jail, Paul and Silas went straight to Lydia's house, saw their friends again, encouraged them in the faith, and only then went on their way. Rome had a law. Uh, A lot of our law is based on Roman law. And this is some of the law. This is some of the background of what's going on in this story that we're reading. If you were a Roman citizen, you had the right to have a legal trial, to appear before a proper court and defend yourself. You also had the right to appeal from the decisions of magistrates and to to appeal to the lower court decisions. So remember, later on in Paul's life, he's going to appeal to the higher court of Caesar because he's a Roman citizen. A Roman citizen could not be tortured or whipped, scourged, beaten. Nor could he receive the death penalty unless he was found guilty of treason. Then finally, if accused of treason... A Roman citizen had the right to be tried in Rome, and even if the sentence was death, no Roman citizen could be sentenced to die on the cross. That's why Paul, at the end of his life, doesn't hang on a cross, he's beheaded. He's a Roman citizen. Now, if you looked at Paul and Silas, I mean, the, the, the officials didn't, they didn't see a Roman citizen. They saw Jewish agitators. And let me just kind of remind you kind of the backstory again. Before the public officials, the judges realized that they were Roman citizens, the public, the police arrested Paul and Silas. They pulled them into a court with this accusation. These men are disturbing the peace. Dangerous Jewish agitators subverting our Roman law and order. And by this time, the mob had turned into a restless mob out for blood. So you get the scene. Paul and Silas. Actually, what they did is they couldn't couldn't handle a a slave girl that was demonized and was prophesying. And, And according to Roman law, it was okay. It was okay to have a slave. It was okay to practice divination in Roman law. But in God's law and the law of the kingdom, you don't don't let somebody be demonized. You don't let somebody remain a slave. You don't allow somebody that's a slave to to have owners that profit from that situation. So, I mean, they, they did something good, but it didn't look good in the eyes of this community of Philippi. And so this crowd is really mad. These these two, they're disturbing our peace. By upsetting the status quo. And the judges, they went right along with the mob. And they had Paul and Silas's clothes ripped off. They ordered a public beating. And after they had beat them black and blue, they threw them into jail, telling the jailkeeper to keep them under heavy guard so that there would be no chance of escape. These two must be Jews. So beat them, throw them in jail. 
and make sure they don't get out. And then they discover, oops, <laughs> oops. <laughs> when the officers reported that Paul and Silas were actually Roman citizens in good standing, the judges panicked. They had no idea that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they hurried over, they apologized, personally escorted them from the jail, then asked them if they just, just please leave the city. Paul and Silas are citizens in good standing. And let me just kind of just fill in some detail. What I, what, I, what I mean by that when I say that. Number one, I think it's really important for us to understand that when it came time to play the card, that the card they played was they were citizens in good standing. And they did not play the God card. I think that's really important. You didn't have Paul saying, oh, by the way, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Silas didn't say, I'm a Jew. There's no Jew card. There's no apostle card. There's no God card. They're just saying, we're Roman citizens. And as Roman citizens, we do have rights. And by the way, our rights were just violated. And they did not leave the jail until there was an apology. We need an apology from the judges that represent Roman law that they have violated our rights as Roman citizens. And then did you notice, I, I just, I mean, maybe I'm reading between the lines. I am reading between the lines. But when, it, when the Bible says they walked out of the jail, they were escorted, I think they're walking out. I mean, they're still, they still spent a, an exciting night, but also a night after being beaten and chained. They walked out with heads held high. They walked out, their dignity intact, after the apology. And did you, did you notice that they did leave, they did, they, they left the town, but they didn't leave on the judge's timing, they left on their own. They left on their own terms. They went back to the home of Lydia, who's the first believer in Europe. They, they did what they needed to do, set things in order, whatever, and then when it was like their time, okay, we'll, we will now leave Philippi and we'll move on to Thessalonica. You know, it's all those kind of those dynamics. Well, as you read about that kind of in the past, you think that that might be like, we might bring that into our world? And could I maybe suggest this? That we, we as citizens... We, we really do need to know what our rights are as, as citizens both of our nation and in our world. I, I think we should know that. But I think there, I left out a word, and I kind of did it intentionally. I left out the word human. Because I can either emphasize my rights... Or I can, I can emphasize I'm a human. And as a human created in the image of God, as a human born in this nation, as a human born on this planet, I want you to recognize I'm a human. And the rights that I have 
I really received those. I mean, those are, those are, I, those are really precious gifts. And I received those. And, and I'm, I'm going to take my... I want, I want to know those. And, and I want others to recognize those. But it's because I'm a human. And other people are humans. And then I really wonder if we're citizens in good standing. I mean, like, that would be like, do I really recognize what we... Do we recognize what we have? Do we recognize that we, we really have been given this tremendous heritage of being humans, both in our state, our city, our country, this world. And then I wonder, you know, how do we react when our rights as citizens are violated? You know, we could, we could probably spend the afternoon in a good conversation. There's at least two situations I know. One's at our border. That's a whole conversation about humans. 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 And a lot of those humans are young humans. And a lot of those young humans are coming out of situations where their human rights are not being upheld. And so where are they coming? They're coming to a place where they think they're going to help me because I'm a... You want to say the word with me? Human. That, that state of Texas, that state of Arizona, those people will recognize me as a human. And help me. But those that are receiving, are we seeing humans? Are we just clinging to rights? What we think those rights might be. I hope there's an obvious answer to that. The other place is where Katie and Matt are. There, there are humans that live in Israel and there are humans that live in Gaza. It's not human and demon. People. It's people. And there's this organization in our world, it's called the United Nations. And I don't know, I mean, most of us weren't around when the United Nations was formed, but the whole idea behind the United Nations is, man, we just had a horrible world war. And we don't ever want to have another world war. And so why don't we figure out some, some kind of platform where the nations of the world can meet and we can talk. And we can look at each other as humans. And we can decide together with a declaration of universal human rights. Everybody on the planet. Every human on the planet. Regardless of nation. Regardless of race. Regardless of religion. Regardless of gender. You just keep going. Everybody has these rights. And for all of my life. 
Within this thing called church, I've heard people time and time and time again make light of the United Nations. And I, and you know, at this, when we're talking about humans and we're talking about a planet that learns how to get, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I know it, it's wrapped up in our political whatever that mess is. But folks, there are people on the planet today in Gaza whose rights are being violated in huge ways. And how do we react to that? When humans suffer, how do we react? Do we protect the rights of other citizens? Are we advocates for other human beings when things are not going so well? Again, I'm so grateful that there seems to be a church that's awakening to being engaged in this world rather than removed from this world. And those of us that are following Jesus, who can look at humans, regardless of what their stripe is, what their crime is, what party they're in, we can look beyond that and see a human created in the image of God if we can get involved in these places on our border in Gaza and Israel. I, I find that there's hope there because of who Jesus is and what Jesus thinks about humans. And about what Jesus thinks about the rights that every human being deserves. So how are we doing? In knowing our own humanity, really. In receiving what has been given to us as the rights of citizens, both in our nation and this world. Take a look. Here's, here's a summary of the U.S. Bill of Rights. You remember some of these? Freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, petition. I mean, this is just the summary version. If you haven't, gone, you haven't read these in a while, there's a loaded one. The right to keep and bear arms in order to maintain a well-regulated militia. Well, we're having some conversation about that, aren't we? <laughs> no quartering of soldiers, freedom from unreasonable searches and seizures. You know, maybe some of these rights, they don't find a place in our contemporary life. Doesn't mean they're not, we shouldn't honor them, but they're there. But that's our Bill of Rights. Have you, ever, have you looked at the Universal Declaration of Human Rights? Have you read that recently? Might be good if all of us looked it up and read it. I don't, I don't see anything intrinsically evil. All human beings are born free and equal. Everyone is entitled to the same rights without discrimination of any kind. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security. No one shall be held in slavery or servitude. Now when you realize, I think nine... Different nations collaborated in the writing of that. 
even Chile. Fabio, yeah. I mean, these are things for us to, to know about and to recognize. So my question really comes down to, it's really not about rights. It's really about recognizing the humanity of everybody on the planet. And as a church, really reminding ourselves that we don't want to demonize people. And we want to be part of the solution of the problems that are happening on our planet. And we can do that by starting with just the recognition of other human beings. So would you like to stand with me? Jesus, my prayer for us as a community of people is I really desire for us to be citizens in good standing. And I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be citizens not just of Texas, not just of the United States, not just of this planet, but you give us the opportunity to be citizens of your kingdom. And so when I begin to prioritize my citizenships, I, I have to say that, Lord, my prayer for us is that we would be first and foremost citizens of your kingdom. That that would be our number one passport. And that we would be people of your kingdom first, foremost, and forever. That our citizenship in your kingdom would then be something that we would recognize in guiding us in our citizenship, in our state, in our nation, in this world. Lord, I pray that we would be good citizens of our state. I pray that we'd be good citizens of our nation. But Lord, I ask that that would not be more important to us the being citizens of your kingdom. Oh Lord, I thank you that we are, we are human beings and we share this planet with all kinds of other human beings. And I pray that you would just put within us this desire for everybody on the planet to enjoy the blessing of living together in peace, in prosperity, sharing the wealth of this planet. Lord, I pray that we would begin to see with eyes how you see the planet and what it means from your perspective for us to be citizens in good standing. Lord, I pray that from this community of people, as we, as we long to be citizens in good standing, that, that you would send some of us to be part of the solution of the crisis that's happening on the border and even going beyond our border into the nations where these families, these kids are fleeing, that we'd be part of the solution 
that, Lord, you would send some of us, as you have Katie and Matt, to be part of the solution in Israel and the Palestinian territories. The Lord, you'd send us all over this planet to represent your kingdom and to make our stand for humanity being restored. Lord, thank you that you just want to use ordinary people like us to bring your great news to our planet. So thank you, Lord. We bless you. And receive encouragement and calling from you in your name. Amen. You know, as we are praying, if, if you just had a sense that you might be a person that would be part, I mean, it, it may, you may think, ah, that's silly. I'm just an ordinary, God uses ordinary people. So if you just have a sense that you might be part of somebody, you might go down and help at the border or go further in the countries or over the Middle East, you know, we'll, we'll just have some ministry time over here in this corner and, and pray just for whatever you think God may be stirring up in you, and we just want to bless that. So if you have a sense that you're being called out to help, please meet me in the corner and we'll gather around other folks and pray. If not, thank you for our time together and uh, enjoy the day. Yes, Mike.